0: second act podcast as i always say it is a continuation yet an evolution the act of finding meaning fulfillment and a deep sense of purpose in the beginning i thought this medium would be a place to learn from experiences of others during what this platform has given us and so many recordings that we have done the name itself has become synonymous to so many different ideas for some it spells hope for the other's inspiration and for me today it purely spells power it is a place where people come to narrate their experiences a place of learning and viewing the world from someone else's perspective a place to share learn confess express and take away we at second act truly believe that learnings happen through conversations uh, second act is a platform where we have people come and discuss their second acts, something that inspires them, something that really triggers something from inside, which discovers a part of them they've never seen before. Uh, the podcast itself is an inspirational platform where people come and discuss their stories. And today we have a very, very, very special guest, Dr. Harpreet D. Singh. Um, she is a woman in a man's world, as they say, breaking the glass ceiling, break the bias. (laughs) I think everything goes with her. She's the executive director of Air India, CEO of Alliance Air, which was a subsidiary of Air India. Um, In her personal capacity, I know she's doing a lot of beautiful work of healing self, healing people, spreading joy. And uh, of course, um, you know, everything that can lift another woman in the woman empowerment space. um um, allow me to call you that by your name Uh, you know yes you're more than welcome (laughs) it'll be very very formal otherwise and this platform is uh, really candid and very free-flowing so welcome to second act and thank you for this time i know that uh, people like you are so busy on a saturday taking our time i cannot thank
1: you enough so welcome it's my pleasure archana i'm glad you're doing this wonderful program and i'm excited to be a part of it
0: So, you know, I mean, personally, of course, and I'm sure that people who are hearing us and seeing us today would want to know, who is this girl? Who is this girl who has taken such leaps and is sitting in front of me today? Tell us about you, about how do you describe her dream? What's your story like? And how did you reach where you reached?
1: So in simple words, Arjuna, if you say, who am I? I will start with the most fundamental definition. I'm a pure soul. Okay. Now, for me, it's a realization that has come along as I moved on into my journey. And I realized the more we focus on our inner being, on our purity within, the more joy and happiness we spread, not only around us, but we make ourselves very happy. So when I look at the worldly description of who am I, of course, I'm Harpreet, that's my name. And uh, Harpreet actually means Harki Preet. So I've always connected to that meaning. So it is, I feel I'm God's love. Like, you know, I'm Harki Preet. And uh, what you see the logo behind is HARPS, which stands for Har Se Prem or Seva. So it started started like this platform where I said, Har means God, Har also means everyone right so Harek se prem mor seva and har Pre prem seva so for god lots of love and service and for everyone lots of love and service so i started this little foundation and i'm doing it just to serve i have no intention to get any brownie points or some recognition i i think i've gone past that stage so i'm very glad that my feet are very much grounded And I'm ready to serve at any time. And God gives you beautiful opportunities to serve from time to time. Now, having said this aspect of myself, I'm sure you're more curious about knowing about my professional side. So in fact, this is my primary person, the who I am. And the secondary act is the worldly drama role that I'm playing. So that's what comes to me right now, right? This is the real me. And the worldly stage makes you do your second act because your real act is something else. And I was born in a family very blessed to be born to my parents who were also very pure divine souls. And my father is of course passed, but he was the pillar of my strength in connecting me to this kind of a vision to do more than your call of duty. And that's what makes you who you are. He was in the Air Force. So I had a natural intonation to love aircraft. And yeah. that's how I wanted to fly. And you'll be surprised, like at that time, we're talking of many, many, many years ago, right? 1980s, early 80s. We didn't have really women flying. Today, it's a very different scenario, but then it was like almost there's no one. There were one or two who were hobby flyers. And there's one lady who has just joined Indian Airlines then. And we, there was hope that, OK, there's something happening. Mm-hmm. So I got really excited that at least the doors have opened to take women. And that's why I took up this career, because I really wanted to fly. And fortunately, uh, because I came from a defense family, and also I was an NCC myself. And I had started the Army as well as the Air Force training. Actually, at that point, I wanted to oh. join the Indian Air Force. But it was never open to women. Unfortunately, we missed the age uh, situation at that point of time. But I started my flying through NCC. And even today, I give a lot of credit to the National Cadet Corps to make me the person I am today. Like right from flying, learning how to fly, from learning how to hold a rifle, from commanding the prime minister's guard of honor, from representing the country abroad on multiple platforms to the NCC, it really made me the person I am. And that is that age, you know, when you're the teenage, you're in the young youthful state, instead of whiling away your time in wasteful activities, I was absorbing a lot of constructive learning, if I may call it that way. So one thing is it taught me discipline. The second thing it taught us, again, Seva in a very different way, You know, we uh, slept on rocks. We built uh, homes for the Harijans. I was part of this Indo uh, Youth Exchange program. And even doing simple things like uh, commanding the Guard of Honor. I'm talking of those days. You know, today also when we see the women doing the parade, we feel so excited that, okay, finally women are there, you know, shoulder to shoulder. But at that time, it was really uncommon. So when I commanded the Guard of Honor, it was like, who is this lady like, you know, with a loud voice and stuff like that. So NCC gave me a lot. My creative talent in dance and music added to a kind of openness to logic. You know, when you do everything very logically, it's very important because I'm in, in a highly technical life. Right, where it is important to be logical, to be understanding the cause and effect of everything. And it's really important, but what helped me was my creative side. So along with like disciplined approach of NCC came the creativity. I started learning Bharatanatyam. It was a classical dance form and music. And I realized that with, when you blend creativity with logic, you have a very open style of functioning you become very open and also the the dance gives you a sense of perfection, it gives you a sense of movement, it gives you an expression, it gives you an involvement. So I kind of was fortunate that I grew up, uh, you know, having an opportunity to experience quite a variety of things and when I finally became a pilot, it was in Hisar, I did my private pilot license and in the Indra Gandhi Rashtriya Uran Academy, where I got my commercial pilot license, I finally achieved what I wanted to achieve. That yes, now I'm ready to join an airline, and you know I'm ready to perform. And wow. I must say that I didn't uh, have it very easy because there were at those uh, years. It was not very open and ready for women, not because they did not want women, or even if they did not want, it was never said so openly. But the fact is that the physical infrastructure itself did not support it. Like when I started learning my flying in Hisar, I had to drive on a moped for 14, 15 kilometers through jungles, like, you know, where there's also a little bit of fear. You're a young girl, you're by yourself. But that's where my spirituality helped me. My dad used to always tell me just keep chanting just visualize and I used to visualize my Guru Nanak on one side Guru Gobind Singh on one side and I used to drive just chanting nothing ever happened to me like you know I what I'm relating is small incidents where I've actually used spirituality to help me to achieve my goals and in Hisar like there was no toilet for ladies you know there's no house there's no hostel so you have to stay far away so you had to do much more to accomplish your goal. People were very supportive, of course, but it takes you a little bit of determination, a grit, a zeal and enthusiasm. Otherwise, you're not going to get there. Like you really need to stay focused. So cutting a long story short, I eventually got my wings. I graduated out of the academy and I was the first uh, woman pilot selected by Air India because that time Air India was separate from Indian Airline right Mm -hmm. so Air India was an international carrier and Indian Airlines was a domestic and it was all over in the newspaper and you know all those kind of things but God when you make him your best friend he also puts the best test to you unfortunately I lost my flying license due to a medical issue which was not even a medical issue and I realized there's some divine reason why all this is happening so you know when you're young and you've achieved everything after a lot of Uh, effort, even the money that we had to put in, like, you know, it is not easy for a middle-class background to afford it. We had taken a lot of loans and stuff like that. And then when you don't continue with that profession, it's a big jolt. But again, I looked all these years, what have I learned? I have to have faith in God. I have to have faith in myself. I have to have faith in God. I have to have faith in myself, right? And then you just remove all the obstacles in front of you. So I just took a challenge. I went away to the U.S., I got all my flying licenses converted to the US and I got all my instructor licenses and I had practically no money that time because everything was over. I used to live on baked beans and, you know, travel through those subways late night, working 18 hours, 20 hours a day, but keeping the spirit there. And I think God tests those who he thinks can pass the exam. You have to pass that exam. So I viewed it as it's a test. And I cannot be demotivated that after having achieved so much, you you have to start all over again. But I started my journey all over again, then rejoined Air India as a ground instructor for pilots. And again, I was the first lady trainer. So it became, you're teaching people 20 years older than you, far more experienced than you. That's another ball game. Like, you know, it's a learning how to connect to them, how to bond to them, how to still get the respect which an instructor requires. And to summarize, that was my career than just going from one to second to third to fourth. like Because I think I gave really more than my 100% to my career and my job. And besides being a trainer, I became a qualified human factors and CRM facilitator, what we call crew resource management. Then I started writing manuals for the crew. I was writing standard operating procedures. I got involved with higher and higher management positions because I never said no to anything that was even remotely hinted because I thought it's an opportunity to learn. So I never said no and that's how I grew. Because if you just stay there and you think that's it, you're not going to grow. Then I headed the quality management system. Then I headed the safety management system. Then I headed the environment management system. I was uh, part of the regulatory framework. And then I became the first lady chief of flight safety, which was again, a very big thing because, you know, chief of flight safety is a very critical function. So every department you're auditing, you're checking, you're ensuring whether it's the pilots, whether it's the engineers, whether it's the cabin crew, So I did almost a 360 and I was heading the in-flight service for a while. So I got the customer benchmarking. I was instrumental in our becoming a member of Star Alliance. And then eventually I became CEO Alliance there. And the CEO position taught me a lot. I really learned a lot as a CEO because it gave me the opportunity to deliver what I always thought I could with quick decisions, quick decisions, decisions from the heart, decisions that make sense, both for earning profit, yet also serving the people. And I think when you get into a leadership role, that becomes the challenge. How do you balance? Because you have to look after your balance sheet and you also have to take care of the customer needs and you have to put them on priority. And now, of course, I'm an executive director, Air India, because the Tatas have taken over the Air India. So I had to come back because Alliance said, is no longer part of the tata framework so i had to come back and now i'm enjoying my new role as well because i'm into strategy i'm into planning and there's a lot of coordination so what i'm trying to say is this is my professional journey and now maybe i've been talking a lot you know i'm also a trainer like i told you so i can keep <laughs> talking so i will let you stop me whenever you feel like and uh, what would you like to know from me about anything else and i would give you the right answer.
0: You know, Harpreet, I did not want to stop you because I felt that I have never heard somebody like you before on my podcast. And I'm not saying it just to flatter you, but it is the truth. What you have achieved, I'm sure that people who are hearing us, no one's achieved so far. Uh, Your grit, your resilience, your never say no, never say die kind of an attitude. You're taking life head on. You're having faith. I mean, above anything else, your spiritual journey. Your left and the right coming together. You're being in balance. You're creating joy. You're creating value. You're creating loyalty. You're creating um, customer centricity. You're creating growth amongst yourself and people aligned. Oh my goodness, there's so much. And, well, and thank you so much. Yeah. I don't want to stop you. I want to know more. Um, I want to be inspired by your journey. So just let the conversation flow. Just tell me your story. Let's just put it this way. I just want to tell you one thing here. That second act is actually about this, what you're saying. It is not your professional journey. It is everything that comes out of it. You know, all the values that come out, which we normally don't even experience. We we don't even have a chance. Like we don't even put ourselves out there. Like you said, I never say no to an opportunity. I grew because I took things which I thought I could never do, but I will do, right? So that's right. where the second act is born because we are able to open our boundaries. We are able, able to come out of our comfort zones. And a trainer I am, a trainer you are, so it's a perfect combination. Just go on, I mean, don't stop yourself. You in fact tell me, what what is all in your story that can inspire, I'm sure somebody or the other will be touched today. And I'm so glad that we met.
1: Thank you so much, Archana, and very brilliantly spoken, and uh, I'm very happy to hear about Second Act and what you're actually trying to do with it and the values and the systems that you're trying to bring out out of this, which is a wonderful, it's also a service in a way, because you're sharing uh, stories of different people, life journeys and life stories, and actually being the catalyst of that change you know so that's a wonderful thing so congratulations to you as well. Madrita, I want and to tell you
0: here that 20 years of Lufthansa I was okay 20 wonderful. Years, Lufthansa <laughs> Alliance but I don't have your trajectory I thought that even moving five departments in 20 years I have done from sales to customer service to heading a loyalty to backup miles and more to like your star alliance launch everything I was a part of right and I thought oh my goodness I've done so many things but I feel really small today here in Boston.
1: (laughs) No no it's not like that it's just (laughs) that uh, I combined uh, my technical knowledge as a pilot as an instructor and then combined it with a lot of management in different areas introducing a new flight planning system I remember that was a big challenge for us because we were trying to save fuel and you know you're trying to changed the mindset of all the pilots and that was a big uh, journey by itself but you learn a lot and I have realized three principles that I've uh, you know I base my management technique on if I may call it that way one is the IQ you cannot ignore the knowledge requirement and the skill requirement and unless you are ready to learn to absorb like a sponge everything that you're hearing not just your own area of work But also your friend, your colleague, your senior, your junior, I would go and sit in the hangar with the maintenance people and just chat, you know, and I was chief of flight safety or I would go and sit with the cabin crew, just have a cup of tea with the captains and you know, you pick up so much. And unless you're ready to not be on that high level of, you know, I'm there and somebody's here if you don't have that openness to learn, you won't be able to learn. So firstly, you have to be open, right? And then automatically when people see that you are open, they share, it's a natural thing. So with the IQ, there's no shortcut to knowledge. So you, when you're dealing with a professional area, you have to know, so there's no doubt. But then the EQ is so important, like unless you can connect and you can get that vibration, you know, with the people that you're talking to, they will not open up when you're transparent, when you're honest, even if uh, there is something uh, negative, which you're trying to relay. But if you say it in a way that actually is promoting them, they accept it so well, you know, it's your technique. How do you manage your vibration? So EQ, of course, very, very important. But my third, which I've coined for myself is PSQ, pure soul quotient. So I say you need (laughs) IQ, you need EQ, but without PSQ, you are not going to get everything of life. You may get a part of it. Like you may say, okay, yes, I made a lot of money. But how did you make that money? Did you do it in an ethical manner? Did you really do it in a pure way? Did you cut down your competition in a way that was not the ethical way to do it, right? So what I'm trying to say is when you do it with purity and divinity in your heart, there's a different joy that you get when you still see that you have made profit, that you did nothing wrong and you can still do it. And this is a myth that people have in their minds that, you know, if you're not corrupt, if you don't know people, I knew no one. Even today, I, you'll never see me hanging around people's offices, you know, senior people and trying to network and never. I think your work speaks for itself. The moment you start doing things correctly, people will contact you. And of course, your ability, whether it is your senior, junior or your colleague, These are just positions in the organization, but we are all human beings, right? So when I say PSQ, it's the pure soul quotient. We are all equal. So when you connect to them and vibrate at that level, you will see that things open up. And I've never been scared to apologize. That's one thing. Like let's say, because you are a human being, you will maybe once in a while raise your voice, which I've done sometimes because work did not get done on time. Or I may have said something which is, you know, but I've realized it's like I'm trying to polish that diamond in my uh, workforce. And after the job is done, I actually call them and I say, you know, I'm apologizing to you that you may have felt hurt, but it was never a bad intention. The intention was to get that job moving. And the intention was to make you realize that you're capable of doing that. You just haven't paid enough attention to it. And I see over a period of time, people relate to you very differently because they realize you don't mean anything wrong. You, They realize that you're doing it with a good intention. And that's why when I said PSQ, pure soul quotient, you know, your vibrations are such that people actually connect to you very well. And I've seen as I've grown in my journey, I've learned from my own mistakes. I've learned mm-hmm. that you have to drop your ego. You have to drop this Also attachment to too many, you know, situations in your life, which sometimes can be more disturbing. Use them as what we call the Mickey Mouse game or like a snake and ladder game. Like, you know how one day you throw a dice, one day you go up, one day you go down. What do you do? You just laugh it all, right? So you have to actually practice it. I'm not saying I got it so easily, but I've learned to practice and I've learned to take the ups and downs in my life as a matter of grace it's god's gift to you because if you did not get those issues if you did not get those crisis situations in your life you would not have grown you would have just stayed there you would not have evolved you would not have spiritually evolved you would not have evolved emotionally you would not have evolved in your profession you need that challenge you need the moment you get very self-complacent and You know, that's your journey is over. So actually that ability to keep learning and learning from everyone, including that peer who's going to open the door for you or the person who comes and offers you that cup of tea, you know, look at his body language and you just see what you can pick up from everyone. And actually you will learn a lot. And I think you need to also enjoy your work. Like for me, I i don't, I know a lot of people because I'm a woman, they'll always ask me, what about life uh, balance? And what about, like I'm married. I have two children who are grown up now, of course. I have a boy and a girl, I was blessed that way. And I've never had this trouble relating to this life balance, this, that. I For me, the thing is if you do anything joyfully and if you do it with your 100% commitment, it will happen naturally. You don't even have to think too much, it will just happen. So I remember when I was in my very busy part of my work journey and younger. And when I was expecting for the second time and everybody at work telling me, you know, how busy you are, like, how do you manage? They would always, this is a very, the most common question asked to me is how do you manage? And I always say, I don't think too much about how do I manage? I right. just joyfully keep doing what I'm doing. The moment you, yes, I'm not saying that in your work front, you don't have to plan. In fact, I've been the quality head. So in the quality assurance, we always say, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail, right? But that is a different aspect because you are planning because you need to make sure your process is correct. Your, your job function, uh, your deliverables are correct. Right. But, but if you also in your life terms, over planning, over thinking, over questioning yourself why, why that stop thinking too much because I feel just keep doing, stay busy, stay involved, you know. And uh, you will find that you will stop even asking those questions because you will realize, then you will say, because now I can do this also, you know. So you will actually uh, be joyful with whatever disturbances you may have experienced and nobody's life is going to be always you know everything is happy everything is you have to make it happen so let that me is your journey you, that is your test yeah
0: so let me ask you how did you discover so everybody doesn't know if they have they are seeking spirituality or they are seeking like they say uh, you know what you're seeking is seeking you but you need to be open to True. it there and in you know, times like this, especially in the last two years, I'm sure that a lot of people needed an anchor, needed a hand to hold, needed something to believe in or have faith in, right? So I'm sure that this is the time when people actually started to listen to a lot of YouTubes and say, okay, how do I really sit with myself? How do I really balance myself? When did that journey start for you and why?
1: To be very frank, this questioning part on spirituality started when I was very young. So, um, when I was very young itself, I used to question a lot of things. Why do we do this in the temple? We are cleaning the shoes. What is the reason we are cleaning the shoes? And I used to kind of think. Hmm. Some things I think I was just kind of born with out of curiosity. Right. I used to love listening. Then, you know, I learned the, that famous businessman, he's coming in a Mercedes car. That means he's earning a lot of money, right? He's successful in the worldly he sense. He's right. got a lot of money that he can afford that kind of a car. He comes in front of the Gurdwara, gets off, removes his shoes, then goes into that area and starts cleaning other people's shoes. And then starts going into the langar and then does the prayer and then helps in serving. And there is no name known of everybody. And all this had a big impact on me because I used to see this Wow. And maybe it was my family, like who used to take us there and they used to say, You must participate. Jao, Banao Khana, Sabke like you know. So I think that humility thing was always being ingrained. <laughs> and it was also this is one place I realized people would say, Yevo religion, hai, ye religion. And I would say they're all just pure souls, right? You don't know whose plate you're cleaning. You don't know which religion he is. You don't know it's man, woman. You don't know if he's a king or a beggar. You're serving them with the same devotion. So I think it came from a younger family uh, orientation. But as I grew, it became even more and more. And after my loss of my flying uh, uh, you know, capability in India, of course, I could continue to do it abroad. That's a different story. But the fact is, I, was, I kept wondering for a couple of days after that happened, why did God make this happen like this, that he brought me in such a difficult journey and after I've achieved everything and now I've achieved that final goal, I've even been selected, I've opened the doors to all the other women who can join that this has to happen to me. And then an inner voice started saying, because you've got a bigger role in this, you will keep doing this you know and i think that voice from within kind of put me on a journey where i realized that probably you have to lead with example you have to actually experience the pain yourself to be able to share it you know how it is and uh yeah little little things like people would say you're traveling in bronx and you know it's very unsafe and subways and i would just say yeah but I would just cover my head. I would keep reading my prayers in the train. I would just maintain myself. And I realized that God is actually helping me to show that you can do all this. You You can recover. You can come out of it. And as I eventually became a trainer, and I actually started connecting to people in the classroom. And, you know, I could start seeing intuitively their body language and their expressions. And, you know, and I would always be curious that why he doesn't look so happy to me or he's not looking. So I was very happy to, along with the technical subjects, to start teaching the human factors. And that made me even more spiritual because I read a lot. I became more and more involved and I realized that all these books on psychology and how to have you know the right kind of connection but at the very deeper level that's at the superficial level but at the deeper level it's all spiritual at the conscious level it is psychology it is you know uh, how do you interact mindfulness and today people give so many names to the same thing that's fine you can call it whatever you want but it is the same thing it is just discovering that essence and also the whole journey in life you finally want to be happy, right? So if you can't be happy, how will you make others happy? So in the uh, aircraft that cabin crew makes that announcement, if there's a decompression or whatever, put the oxygen mask first on yourself and then put it on your baby. So there's a lesson there because uh, if you are not emotionally happy with your own self, if you haven't forgiven your own self, for what you for the hurt and pain that you may be still having if you haven't filled your own cup you cannot actually succeed fully and you can do those things only if you develop some spiritual practices when covid came and i noticed i was ceo then and when covid came and i noticed the fear I said, first thing, I should be going to the office first. So I used to sit in the office. I used to carry out all the work. You know, a good leader is always a person who doesn't ask anyone to do anything that they themselves cannot do. You can't say that ye work you have to so that mm-hmm. I am protected. Whereas so, I always felt you have to lead from the front. So I alone used to sit in the office till I felt everything is sanitized, safe, you know, workspace is collected people then get confidence that if she's doing it herself, why can't I do it? You know, so I'm just giving a few such examples. And then I started this universal prayers group. And I realized that if God is one and all religions are saying the same thing, they're only sometimes fighting for no stupid reason, actually, because they're not reading the essence in that religion which is being taught. And they're going into the, again, the superficial... You know, into the ritualistic style rather than the actual essence. And when you start going into the essence, they're all the same. Then I started this universal prayers channel, and that was so helpful because so many people used to log in and we used to just meditate together. And that fearfulness which was attracting the disease to you, that started going away. People became stronger emotionally, happier. And they took COVID as God's game with you. You know, it's okay. This is not the first time we've had a pandemic. If you go history-wise, every hundred years we've had a pandemic. So true. So big deal. We just happened to be in that environment and we've learned so much due to COVID. We learned how to work from home. We learned to be with our family that we had just forgotten about. We learned that what pollution we were causing the environment. We learned that when we were all at home, the sun was clear, the clouds were shining nicely. You know, it's like, yeah. it was a learning. We could, so hear, the the you could hear the birds for the first time. So everything yeah. that happens, there's always a goodness in it also. It's for you to see it. It's for you to harness it, you know? So I think that's what, and now with harps and with universal prayers and with my IWPA, which I have not yet spoken about, It's the Indian Women Pilots Association, which I've been the president for now last many years. And we grew to make it the international women professionals in aviation and aerospace, because we realized this is one area of work where even today you don't have enough women. After so many years, if you look at the percentage, there's something in this profession where I don't know, you will have a lot of women as cabin crew, You'll have a lot of women in HR. You'll have a lot of women in administration, but why don't you have them in the hardcore technical line? You know, and that's where we started promoting them. And today I can say very proudly that India as a country has the highest percentage of women pilots in the entire world. We have 15% and the second highest is at 5%. So if we can do it, and I'm not saying... It has many factors linked to it, but IWPA played a big role in that because of the kind of sisterhood, the kind of support, the kind of mentorship. We used to personally talk to their families, to their, uh, you know, to the women who are like, are you sure I'll be able to do it? You know, lack of confidence. Sometimes it is even the parents who feel, Main itna chunga, job milega, ye wo. of course it has its challenges, but to mentor them, to support them, to guide them. I would always say if I've reached where I have, if I can't bring at least 50 more women to go above me in a career position, then I've not really supported the women empowerment course. So I've always felt that once you reach where you have, you have even a greater moral responsibility to make sure that you make the necessary openings for other women. Last yes. year from Ayata, since you're from Lufthansa, you will know about Ayata, right? Yes. So International Air Transport Association. So I got the Inspirational Role Model Award. I was the first woman to get that. Wow. But I was just wondering that how come they gave me the Inspirational Role Model Award. I was wondering what did I do in Air India? Like I know I started Angels of Air India. I was the Emergency Response Director. I would handled two accidents. I was also the first lady uh, safety investigator. So there were so many reasons. So I thought it is also that. But strangely, they told me, we have been watching you. Like you're not only doing so much professionally. You are like into women empowerment. There's IWPA. There's HARPS. There's Universal Press. You're into the environment platform. How do you manage so many activities? That's why you're an inspirational role model. So I said the same answer. I said, okay, thank you. It's nice that you have given me this recognition. It was in Boston last year. But I couldn't travel. So the Minister of Civil Aviation, uh, once it, they couriered it to me and then he, he honored me with the award. But you don't work for awards. This has just come out to my mind as an example. But what happens is that sometimes we do showcase other women who have real good achievements. And not only women, even men. The fact is there are a lot of people who the world doesn't know about. And that is where you are unique in what you are doing because you're trying to showcase them. This is exactly what IWPA does as one of its functions. Tries to showcase the women because I've realized you play one video of, you know, the all women pilots who did the longest flight to SFO. You see the children, we have the, I'm also the chairperson of the Aeronautical Society of India of the Mumbai branch and I'm in the council you do these little videos and you see the children, oh, I can also become this. I can also go to the moon and I can also do this. See their face, like it just radiates with, you know, joy. And so what happens is sometimes these kind of uh, inspirational stories, if you may call it that way, need to be showcased because we have realized it gives the confidence to a lot of the younger generation to even do better. I mean, what, Everything has to improve, right? It has to go better and better and better. So I want to, uh, yeah, I want yeah, to hear yeah,
0: some things here, you know, that uh, while I'm hearing your story, I feel that there are some things that I'm able to bridge back and saying, why am I doing what I'm doing? So after Lufthansa, I started to work with Hyatt Hotels and uh, I was leading loyalty for them as well on the global level. But at the same time, you know, half of my job was to train colleagues at the hotel like you were training and you could see their body language and you could see why is he not happy so I started to build these programs on like you know team building leadership and you know pull them in besides the loyalty modules that we were getting from Chicago to say teach them loyalty I said no there's more to them you know so through coaching mentoring understanding them so that's how second act was born and a very part of what I do right now is uh, you know, what you said about women, it's one is showcasing their work. And what I realized was that women do not even recognize their own worth. We don't even push right. ourselves forward, you know. So yeah. I started to develop a program and I launched it saying I celebrate myself in second act. And that was all about celebrating our own worth, our own potential, our own uh, roles and responsibilities, which we just forget that, you know, we are doing anything at all. And like, you know, like it's a part of me, but no, there is a lot which goes on behind being a woman. And then you said men, so there was another program only for men, because I think there's a lot of work on the men front that needs to
1: be done as well. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: you know, so all this brought in second act to say, hey, I need to bring this forward and I need to wake up the nation with this. And like, you know, so how, uh, like you said, you know, there's a plan you know when you put faith somewhere how does a plan which is i didn't even know why i was doing that that time why exactly would I be born? why would i be just sitting with people like you today who also inspire millions today you know so i said i mean it's such a beautiful flow I, all you need to do is just give yourself to the process right i mean that's exactly what's coming so they
1: out. say like you know surrender to the universe yeah. surrender to the pure intention and surrender to the divinity within you because the best part is that everyone is so blessed and everyone is so divine it's just that the soul has now in certain people you know put layers and layers of mud dust you know it just needs a little bit of cleansing and the moment that cleansing is done the real you comes out and that's the happiness and then you just feel This is, why didn't I do this before? Like, you know, now I'm glowing with happiness. I'm radiating happiness. That's another thing. Uh, I don't know why I'm saying this because my daughter, I remember her friend telling me, she says, auntie, you know, what product do you put on your face? (laughs) So I said, you know, from the time I'm uh, young, I have used only two things. I put a black liner and I put a shade of lipstick, but there's nothing that I do as such. So she says, you don't do facials. You don't do this. I said, no. So she says, then how come you got such a clear skin and how come the age doesn't show as much? I said, that is only when you do things with purity. Because when you radiate from within, that glow is there on the face. And that glow, nobody can take away. No makeup can give you that glow. You know, so you the more natural you are, the more, you know, happy you are, it will show on your face. And then she said, okay like so it just (laughs) reminded me of that because sometimes we're so much into the physical that you know we Mm. uh, and I'm not saying physical is not important of course your exercise your you know daily activities are all physical but if that becomes the number one and everything else goes below that's where the problem starts whereas for me I believe in the opposite you start with your soul I am of your soul you start with divinity and then everything else follows correctly So it's just reverse the order. You know, the physical is the last and it will automatically happen.
0: (laughs) So Harpreet tell me, this is a second act podcast. And I told you what is my meaning of second act? Why this came into being? And I have to ask you this question. What is your second act? Since you have so many acts, is there another one coming? Is there something that you enjoy the most? Is there something which is still under discovery?
1: What is your second act? What's that higher purpose? my second act is evolving I don't think I really have one answer to give you because like what I already shared with you my second act is running like a train cut tracks it's running parallel to my life so the second act is a continuous journey for me and I'm just continuously in that journey and I know that On one hand, I may be leading my regular life, but my second-hand journey is going parallel all the time. And I see it growing and growing and manifesting in more and more joy. And I see myself now as almost like, I may sound like a show off, but I don't think, I, I actually feel like, I feel angelic is the right word. Very beautiful. I actually feel, I just feel angelic, I just feel, that you're there for I, I am if I am an angel of God, I have to behave like a true angel without any without any uh, negativity towards anyone always ready to help, always ready to heal. sometimes if I do something even little negative I said, I thought you're an angel an wow. angel doesn't do this mm-hmm. that you means know, you're so, yourself. So, So, so I also do a lot of quality assurance on my own self, like, you know, like, where am I in this journey? What did I not correctly, I think you need to reflect also. So in the second act, I think it's also very important that you keep reflecting, the more you reflect, the more you will realize the course correction. So I think that's also and that comes in meditation. So you must meditate. I mean, Uh, I realized I was not meditating very regularly when I was very young. I used to do it off and on, but now it's like a, it's a, it's a ritual, which I just need, I have to, because it is something that puts you on track and you yourself will give the answers. So there will be a divinity giving you the answer, but you yourself will know what to do. You will get the answer. There's no, for me, I don't know if I answered your question in the way you were expecting it, so but this I, is what just came to my mind, that I, I am an angel.
0: I can only tell you that uh, when you hear the Second Eye podcast beginning, it says it's a continuation and yet an evolution. So you answered right. both. <laughs> you answered and I both. said the
1: railway track because I don't know, that's the image that came to my mind spontaneously. No. Yes
0: um, and you are an angel no doubt in that and uh, one can see it all over you the aura that you carry the work that you do the humility that you bring I mean it's amazing and I'm just uh, hoping everybody is able to bring in their best version by doing seva by creating the sangha by you know creating happiness and joy and um, there's lots to learn from people like you.
1: Thank, thank you, Archana. Thank you. And it was a great pleasure talking to you. I'm really impressed with your journey and your effort to make this difference to the world. Thank so you so maybe one day I'll invite you to our group and you can speak. <laughs> yeah, sure.
0: Why not? It would be an honor. Yes, thank you so much. I mean, um, just I think in my second act, whatever, even one person impacted by somebody's story. Why not? Isn't it? Yeah, sure. So there's rapid fire questions before you go. I know that
1: you have a busy okay. that like quickly, uh, not putting too I much. hope I'm good at that because I'm not very good at rapid fire, but I will try.
0: Arir, you, you are a brilliant German I for everything that you're doing and it will be <laughs> <laughs> Any, <these laughs> a simple yeah. one. So okay, sure. One thing that motivates you continuously.
1: The almighty. Okay. Harpreet uh, the mother. Care, nurturing, like a gardener. Uh, One thing that uh, upsets you the most. Where people are not innerly connecting to themselves. Uh, Some fun element. Dance joyfully with abandon. Any movie that you have seen more than a couple of times? Uh, you know, I'm not very good at the names, but I love all those starry movies with, uh, which has, you know, in this space, which mm-hmm. is a name. Now, I'm not good at this uh, because I don't see too many movies. But, oh.
0: uh, okay, you, mean- there,
1: there, you know, there, there's this, uh, these English movies where they show that, uh, the journey into the space. I love those kind of movies. Because somehow that- I, I connect to it. Yeah, I connect to it much more.
0: Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah. in the next avatar, you are one of those, yeah, know, yeah.
1: yeah, 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 somebody
0: who's coming from a spaceship, though, yeah,
1: yeah, okay. So, there was also a movie, mm-hmm. oh, I'm forgetting the names, sorry about that, yeah. Hmm.
0: So, um, if there is a chance for her breed to just shut down for a few days, what would you do?
1: I'll take it as a golden opportunity. to just connect reflect and to grow further and to write my book which I'm trying to write which I'm becoming a little lethargic because I have to write I know I have to share my messages my trans messages and I've been now given a clear direction to do that and I have just started and I it'll take me a while but I'm trying beautiful so maybe so maybe uh, God willing I get that opportunity where I do nothing and only write
0: Inshallah, as they say.
1: Yes, <laughs> okay. yes. And
0: uh, last question is: um, one thing that you want our viewers and speakers to take away from today, your life, this conversation.
1: In the yeah, just do everything joyfully. I think whether it's work, whether it's spirituality, whether it is your creative talent, whether it is just be joyful, enjoy. I think that's very important. Stay happy. Stay blessed. Beautiful.
0: So thank you, thank you, thank you. What a pleasure. I treat this as episode one because I don't think I'm my, I'm not satiated right now with, uh, you know, really. I treat this as phase one. I will be in continuous journey with you. I'm not going to leave you now because I cannot not take you from, you know, inspiring people and impacting people and especially women and everybody else around. So I'm going to invite you uh, for talks, webinars, uh,
1: training sessions
0: with you, maybe, who knows, you know. Sure, anytime, anytime. Time. So that, thank you for more than me.
1: welcome and it's been a very joyful journey talking to you Thanks. so it's good to have a divine soul in front of you trying to make a difference so it's wonderful mm-hmm. thank you god bless thank you bye-bye